0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the topic of this workshop is Step 11. My name is Marlene. I'm one of the leaders for this meeting. I'm a compulsive overeater. And you're... I say hi, And the other leader is Anandi. Hi, this, <laughs> this session is being taped and will not be edited. Please note that this session might be available online or on a podcast Feed. Feed. <laughs> Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. And we do have a lovely volunteer to be our timer. Thank you very much, Anne. Okay, so I am going to start. Unfortunately, I'm not one of those ones that can just stand up here and talk off the top of their head. I have to have notes, but that's okay. So I said, my name is Marlene, and I'm a compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Good
1: morning, Marlene.
0: Thank you. I'm very glad to be here at the Region Six Convention in Portland, Maine. I have to tell you that I originally signed up for the traveling absently workshop, but I needed to do service as the uh, service coordinator. So here I am talking about step 11, but I do love to travel. I want to remind you that I don't speak for OA and this is my story. Please keep an open mind. Page 58 in the big book says, our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. What it used to be like for me I'm sure is similar to most people here in the room. I was miserable, helpless, hopeless, insane. My life was run by food. How much could I eat? How could I hide it from the people around me and even from the people I bought it from, like they cared? How much money could I spend? How could I be alone with my junk food? The isolation, the guilt and shame. I hated myself for my inability to control my food intake. I had low self-esteem and I felt I was worthless and unimportant. I was that 10-letter word fat and ugly. What happened was that I am one of the lucky ones who found their way into Overeaters Anonymous. I was very young, 32, Unfortunately, fortunately I used the program as a diet club. I quickly lost a lot of weight and thought I had it made. I went out on the speaker circuit and felt wonderful. However, I did not do the daily step work necessary for recovery, so eventually I left. I must have had more research to do. Of course, I gained back all the weight I lost plus extra. The good news is that even though I forgot about God, He did not forget about me. I found my way back to program in December of 1997, and thank you God I have never left again. Through relapse and recovery, weight loss and weight gain, I know the only answer from my food addiction is the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I came back to OA nearly 21 years ago. Wow. (laughs) I got a sponsor and started working with her. I made a minimum of five telephone calls a day. And at this time I was working full time, spending approximately three hours a day back and forth to work and raising two boys. My children were 20 and 16 year old. 16 years old at that time, so not little children, thank you God. So, who did I call? Anybody. I didn't care. I got names off the list and called. I often hear the excuse, I can't call someone I don't know. What if they're busy? I just didn't care. Or I'll hear, what will we talk about? So I suggest a good topic is, always, what step are you on today? I just did it, and this built up for me a wonderful network of OA friends people who understood me, who did similar things with food that I did. And when a crisis hit, I had people to turn to, like in 2002, when my job became redundant. My boss was as upset as I was, telling me the bad news. So when I left work that day, what did I do? I drove straight to my sponsor's house to talk to her, and she gave me a simple solution. I could either live in the fear or live in the faith, my choice, and thank you, God, I chose faith. Sure enough, another job became available and this one was a big promotion. This is a spiritual program and I know that scares some people. I believe you have to be desperate to do the required work, to have tried everything else until we realize this is where I can get well. I'm not a bad person trying to be good. I'm a sick person trying to be healthy. I have learned I made mistakes. I'm not a mistake. And for many years I felt wrong, the odd person out, Worthless. I was always looking for the easier, softer way, and there is none. For a true compulsive overeater, food addict, this is the only solution. Even if my doctor told me I must stop overeating or I will die, I could not. I am incapable of controlling my eating. Since the food is not the solution, what is? God and the 12 steps. I have to admit my powerlessness over food every day. This is not just a little problem. This is life or death. I have to take this seriously, and actually it took me many, many years before I could do that. I have to stop lying to myself. Some of my favorite lies are, I don't care, or I'll just eat this little bit and stop, or I'll start tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow never came. These lies comforted me so I could eat in peace, but then would come the guilt and shame. Oh my God, I felt so bad. You would have thought I murdered somebody. No, just ate way too much. At the root of my desolation is a lie. And to take that further at the root of the lie is my disease. And my disease is very near me, doing push-ups, trying to control my life once again. But I have God right here beside me, so my disease cannot run my life ever again. Page 85 in the Big Book says, We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. And all of us here are working on our daily reprieve. We need to give ourselves credit for taking this time for our recovery. We are all absent at this moment. We are all in recovery now. Before OA, I turned to God only when I needed something. I bargained with God. You give me this and I'll go to the synagogue. You get me a good job and I'll be a nicer person. (laughs) Now I believe that God returns me to sanity. The way I ate was insane. Hunger had nothing to do with it. I grazed all day and felt sorry for myself. Poor me. The decision I made to turn my life over to the care of God has brought me many blessings. Steps four through nine are where I clean up the wreckage of the past. I feel my feelings now. Before, I never knew what I was feeling. For many, many years, I never realized I felt fear. Today, I am amazed at how out of touch with reality I was. Now I can examine what my part in any situation is. I'm no longer the victim, no longer the queen of pity city. One of my biggest character defects is wanting to be in control. I think a few people have noticed that this weekend. I want to be in charge, to be the boss. I know what's best, don't you know? Of course that character defect is based on fear. Fear of me not knowing what will happen and how I will be affected. Fear of not getting enough, of life not being fair. I'm no longer the doormat I used to be. I can stand up for myself today, and that's because I respect myself. I change through love and positivity, not criticism and negativity. Nearly three years ago, I started on a different path. I took my open mind and went into a treatment center for 21 days. I changed my food plan, giving up foods I didn't think I had to. I Followed a strict no sugar, no flour, no grains, and weighed and measured everything I ate. However, I also have Crohn's disease, so sometimes I have to eat things not on my food plan. And I also want to live in the real world. In order to completely follow everything on the plan, I'd probably have to stay home, never eat my meals anywhere else other than at home, and never travel. And that's not why I live in recovery, to fear food or let it dominate my life. Quoting from our Voices of Recovery, I must have a plan that I can live with forever. The plan must be flexible. When the situation warrants allowing me to commit my food or not, and my favorite line is, and to eat some foods I had relinquished. That's from November 21st. Now I'm going to tell you a story, and telling the story is proof that I can, that thank you God I can be honest about what I eat. No longer do I carry the enormous amounts of guilt and shame. And please keep an open mind, this is what works for me, and I'm not suggesting you do this. Okay, so two years ago I was on my big adventure to Australia and New Zealand for six months. Yeah, I told you I like to travel, right? So as part of my trip, I flew from Tasmania to Melbourne, and then I was to catch a flight to Auckland. Well, once I left Tasmania, an island state, like you can't bring any food. Australia and New Zealand are very strict about what you can bring into their country, so you just I couldn't have any food with me. And then I figured, though, I ha- would have enough time at the airport for my dinner. Unfortunately, there was a huge mix-up with my Australian visa, so consequently I had a very short window to eat. And then another problem was a flare-up of my Crohn's. And for me, that means I'm really limited on what I can eat. Like I can't eat any fresh fruit or vegetables, no salad. There were hamburgers available, but that wasn't also good for me. So what did I do? I went into a gift shop and bought a small package of shortbread cookies and ate that for, for my dinner. Remember, flexible. Some foods I had relinquished. I was not eating compulsively. I was just filling up my stomach. It was the best choice for me at the moment. It was an overnight flight, I had to eat something. So next morning, I landed in Auckland, checked into my accommodations, and then went to the grocery store and bought all my healthy foods. A lot of people will say, well, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't be able to stop. And that's true for them. For me, as long as I am in fit spiritual condition, food is not a problem. And also, let me say, I haven't had to do that again. It hasn't been necessary since. Another place where this issue is addressed is on page 100 of our OA 12 and 12. We're no longer afraid of food because we are no longer controlled by it. Glorious fact for most of us is that God has lifted the food obsession from us, freed of the obsession and restored to sanity. Today we choose not to eat self-destructively. We have many ways. We have new ways of coping with our problems and new practices which makes living a positive, joyful experience most of the time. And once absent has been a. a has become a habit these things are all possible thank god there are no rules in oa we all find what works for us and stay on that path like i've heard take what you like and leave the rest i use a telephone tool to speak to a number of people about oa and recovery first of all that helps me and second i love sharing the miracles of life in program if it helps others that's a bonus sometimes i hear how do you do it it's not working for me i can't stay abstinent Lately, my answer has been a quote from the big book. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. And by the way, I've read elsewhere that when Bill W. was asked about that quote later on, he said he should have used the word never instead of rarely. So I ask people, well, how thoroughly are you following the directions? And they say, oh, yeah, I am. Okay, so then I ask, well, how many meetings do you attend? How often do you call your sponsor? How often are you writing or making phone calls? What step are you on? What service are you doing? (laughs) And I do this with love and judgment. Love and understanding, (laughs) never judgment. (laughs) No. (laughs) There's nothing any of you has done with food or anything that I haven't. So they look at me quite sheepishly and confess they aren't thoroughly doing the work. So what's the message here? I am standing here in front of you, able to tell you from experience, it won't work unless you are willing to be willing to even just take a small step. And trust me, it gets better. Eating absolutely can become a habit. And isn't that a miracle? Thank you, God. I love being a sponsor. Three wonderful women call me every day, and we talk program. It's one of the biggest blessings in my life. I feel my role as a sponsor is to teach my sponsees to be kind and gentle with themselves, to learn from every situation, to turn to God at all times. I have experienced so many miracles in my life, too numerous to list. Just the fact that I'm at a meeting sharing my personal stories with you instead of sitting in front of the TV shoveling in the food is beyond belief. Gratitude is now my default way of thinking. I couldn't begin to count how many times I say thank you God in one day. Another wonderful recurring thought I have is life is good. All this positivity helps me play well the cards life deals me. Because of program in my daily life, I have a phenomenal amount of love and support from family and friends. It's amazing that people really care about me. I've been shown that over and over again. And I used to think, nobody loves me. Do you remember that song when we were kids? Nobody loves me, everybody hates me. Going to the garden, to eat worms, yum yum. That was my theme song. Growing up, that's what I used to think, really and truly, nobody loved me. But today, I'm so blessed to know that that's not true and I have an abundance of love in my life I'd like to talk a little bit about service I heard many years ago at one of the world service business conferences that service is slimming yes that's a very good incentive but also there's other rewards from service for someone like me with low self-esteem doing a good job is very uplifting I was barely back in program four months and became the co-chair of the Abbey our intergroups monthly newsletter I didn't know how to do that, but I was shown the way. There's a saying, God doesn't choose the equipped, he equips the chosen. I've done service at all levels, and last week I chaired Central Ontario Intergroup's annual convention. It was amazing with so much experience, strength, and hope, and we raised a lot of money to help spread the word. I love information, and doing service puts me right in the middle of what's happening. And everybody can do service. In fact, right now, everyone in this room is doing service showing up at the meeting, his service, putting out the chairs, making the calls. There's always something that can be done. So step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And then from our Overeaters Anonymous third edition, it says, the 11th step in the morning is the daily renewal of my faith. If I don't renew my subscription every morning, it runs out sometime during the day. I say that's pretty clear instructions. I know a lot of people struggle with meditation and how to do it. However, our literature is clear. The only wrong way is to not do it at all. I love doing guided meditations, and there are a number of them on YouTube. One of my favorites is a meditation done to our Step 11 prayer, the uh, the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. If you are struggling with Step 11, I would suggest you read the OA and AA Step books step 11 they're very helpful the 12th step invites us to continue our journey of recovery one day at a time for the rest of our lives practice the principles in all our affairs what are the principles one place they can be found on is page 147 of the OA 12 and 12 in tradition 5 they are as follows honesty hope faith courage integrity willingness humility self-discipline love perseverance spiritual awareness Service, unity, trust, open-mindedness, responsibility, acceptance, equality, and fellowship. It's a good thing I have a lifetime to work on all that. The last paragraph of step 12 on page 106 is such a beautiful promise. Those of us who live this program don't simply carry the message. We are the message. Each day that we live well, we are well. And we embody the joy of recovery which attracts others who want what we found in a way. We're always happy to share our secret. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous, which empowers each of us to live well and be well one day at a time. Even though there are times recently when my life has been a nightmare because of ill health and I'm going through a divorce, I still feel surrounded by God's love. I have moments of pure happiness and joy, especially when I arrive at my older son's house and my grandchildren come screaming towards me shouting, "Bubby's here!'' and jump into my arm for hugs and kisses, nothing better. and gratitude for what I've been giving. I know without a doubt I will be taken care of. I feel that down to my bones. I think I'll just go off the script for a minute. Just just like I say, I know I've been taken care of. So I lost uh, some of my income when my husband moved out and and my basement apartment is now empty. So what did I do? I went out and got a job because, you know, even though I'm 67, almost 68, I, I know I can work. And I, I got a part-time job working for another single mother with a little nine-year-old girl. And it's such a blessing, like how I just found that so easy. And they're so lovely. And I I know God's looking after me and looking after them. So I really, really feel so blessed. So there, I, I, I always said I have proof there's a God, and I can list many conditions just like that, situations that were too good to be just a coincidence. I can't explain why bad things happen, but I am reminded of that part in the third step prayer that says, take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help, of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. People have said to me, wow, you're abstinent through all of this? What an inspiration. I've learned the hard way that food does not help, so I just carry on doing the best I can, one day at a time. Just before I close, I want to share one more thing. Please keep coming back. Owe needs you, I need you, and I think you need us. Thank you very much. I think, you know what? I think I forgot to open the meeting with a serenity prayer, didn't I? Yeah, I did. See? That must be a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a... Yeah, so let's do it right now, okay? Sorry about that, folks. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. I'm going to turn it over to Anandi, Matt. Thank you.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Okay, let's let's do our test here. Is this better? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. so. Okay, but then I'm going to start looking down at my notes. So okay, shall we set up? Here? Hi, my name is Anandi. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Anandi. Welcome. So I'm going to to start with qualifying with my story. I've been coming to OA since 2012. I came in August 2012, which is a long weekend in in Canada. And I think maybe I chose that weekend because I thought um, it's probably no one will be there. It's a long weekend, everything is closed. (laughs) And uh, luckily or unluckily for me, it was open. And it was a a meeting that was um, very loving and kind. And that is what I mostly remember because in terms of what was said and the nuts and bolts of it of how this program works a lot of it just it it didn't make any sense to me but it was the love and the acceptance that kept me coming back to that meeting so before that meeting I um, I really didn't have a problem with food as a child. Like it, it was something that developed more when I was an, an adult. Um, I did grow up for the most part in a in a third world country, so I don't think there were many opportunities <laughs> to indulge in excess food. Um, but. I did use other behaviors, I think. I was always a very anxious child, a very fearful child. I, it, there was a lot of flux um, in my life growing up, With my, my parents moved a lot, and, and there was, you know, marital stress there. And um, I had to find ways to deal with that. Even as a child, as very young, I had to find these coping me- mechanisms. And I think coupled, I, have, I accept now that I do have a compulsive, addictive uh, personality. So I used other behaviors as a child to cope with, with the with the anxiety and did addictive things that were not good for me, and but when I came to Canada, um, oh yeah, North America, there was there was another way of doing it, and um, I, I you know ch- food was cheap, it was plentiful, it was it was it was, it was okay. Um, and funny enough, it was in, in church of all places where I think maybe you know just food, I, I know and food is a symbol for so many things. It, it's 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 to show love. It's to show welcoming. It's to show companionship. And um, you know I, I I got right into it, and uh, I, I gained a lot of weight um, very very quickly. I, I would say probably about seventy or eighty pounds since I since I had come to, to Canada. Um, but that's that's just the outside. That's the shell. I was listening to another. Take what you like, leave the rest. Where this is this is me, but it's not me. It, this is the meat suit. This is what keeps every. This is the skin that keeps everything inside. So that that's the uh, that's the outer me. But for the inner me, I was very deeply unhappy. Um, I suffer from depression, um, and I also have um, a, a quite a bit of anxiety. There was a period where I was having very bad panic attacks. Um, and I I had to be on medication and I had to to, to seek professional medical help for over a year for that Um, um, and the it didn't didn't address the addictive food behaviors that I was having and what became um, you know food was my friend to begin with and then food moved on to be um, um, sorry, first it was a distraction food was a distraction for me And then food became my friend because it didn't argue back and it made me feel good. And then food became my lover. It it replaced um, more important relationships in my life. And then food was my god. Food absolutely ruled me. And I was eating pretty much from the first time I got up in the morning to last thing at night. Um, I am married, so I did have to hide food. Um, I did a lot of my eating at work. I worked uh, full-time, 9 to 5, and I had... um, I had to request an extra file cabinet for files, but it wasn't for files. It was for f- it was for food. Um, yeah, that was. Uh, so I, I was unwell. So I've had all sorts of um, intestinal, you know, bowel infections, and I, and I was getting sicker and sicker, like in in all aspects of my life, spiritual, emotional, and and physical. Um, and emotionally, I, I made some very poor choices um, with my relationship, with, 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 uh, with, with my marital relationship. And I was seeking comfort outside of, of my marriage. And um, I, we were to the point where when my husband discovered this, that we were probably going to be divorced. we probably were looking at the brick of a relationship, which made me very sad because we have three wonderful children and we, we love our children very, very much. And what we had gone through as children ourselves, we didn't want to put our children through that. Um, Probably that's why we kind of worked harder. We worked very, very hard at keeping it together. Anyway, so at some point I decided that I was going to break off those relationships out of my marriage, or the relationship outside of my marriage. And I was keeping, I still kept in touch with this person on social networks. And Monday, I think my husband found out, and he goes, "How could you do that?" And are you serious about this? And I said, "Okay, I am going to cut it off." So I, I, I did take that step. And this is pre-OA, but I think somewhere I, I, I sensed I had to, to to go for something. My spirituality—I had to clean up house spiritually. So I cut off, I cut off the, that relationship, social networks, no, no no contact with this person whatsoever, and. Uh, Things started happening in my life, you know. My with um, work was not going so well before a couple of years before I was they, I was going to be demoted. They were looking to fire me, and I work for the government. Like you can't fire people from the government, and they were looking <laughs> to try to fire me. Uh, which they was they were right to, because I was I was not using their resources. For, I'm not being productive, um, and that was February. I, I made that choice to try to clean up to clean up my act and. Um, in April of that year someone just showed up at my desk and she said sign this paper and I'm like, what is this paper? She goes, do you want the promotion or not? And I'm like, "Ah, oh, okay, I'll take it. So <laughs> I signed the paper and then so that was one weird thing that happened and then in July my children have their birthdays in Ju- two of my children have birthdays in July and they, uh, we went for supper. And um, one, one food that is like big for me that just I, it's my trigger food is like uh, seafood, shellfish and crustaceans and whatnot. And I picked something that was just like very, very heavy on, the, on those ingredients. and I started eating, and within five minutes, I began itching, and my tongue started swelling. And I'm like, oh, okay. And you know, well, the compulsive part of me just wanted to keep going because I paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it still tasted pretty good. And the children had to beg me. I mean, this just breaks my heart. The children saw, and they, they had to beg me. They are like, Mom, stop eating. And I did, because, and most for them, but because the pain, it just, at that point, that particular food that brought me so much pleasure, it was causing me a lot of pain. And um, so that trigger food was taken out of my life against my will, mm-hmm. a bit of kicking and screaming. and But then, in a, I, I didn't have that there, and the fog lifted a little, and that was July. And then somewhere between July the 19th, which is my son's birthday, and August long weekend in Canada, I, there was a website about, I don't know why I found it. Again, it's a miracle. Um, about uh, the support for eating disorders, and it, it brought me to a meeting in Kitchener um, that that August long weekend. And the, the fog had lifted enough that I knew that I could actually feel the love and, and not be suspicious of, you know, these people, why are they hugging me? What's wrong with them? Um, and and the fog was lifted enough that I could actually go to a to a meeting with a semi clear mind, still with my wreckage and my baggage, but I had a clear enough mind that I could go, and and start my recovery there. Um, so since I've started coming to OA, um, fairly early off. I um, I found a sponsor, someone that um, someone that, that had something that I wanted. And I'm very fortunate i have had the same sponsor for six years now. That is that is a blessing. I hear other people's ups and downs, and I've had the blessing of a sponsor for six years and um, I have had the chance to sponsor other people and in my recovery. I try to do step work um, as much as possible. I go to meetings. Uh, I, had one, I went to a convention last year. It's my first convention. This is my second convention this year, and I've, I've obtained a wonderful level of I would say emotional and spiritual abstinence um, now, last year, um, I, and a physical was kind of you know I've been trying stuff with the food, and um, you know I, I was able to cut like sugar, not, not not like a sugary drink, so like soft drinks and stuff, and that that, that was very helpful. Uh, this last year, I um, there there, no, there are no accidents even when there are accidents, right? I I started playing volleyball again, and I I think don't do that in your forties, um, and I sprained my ankle. And I ended up at an urgent, clear, urgent care clinic, and when they were taking my history, I said, "Well, I'm pre-diabetic because last year I was diagnosed with pre-diabetes." And they said, "Oh, we have a nutritionist here, and yay, Canada health care! It was going to be covered every every quarter. I could see a nutritionist four times a year." And she, you know, took and she helped me with my food plan. And she was pretty pretty firm. I had to cut uh, wheat, and I had to cut sugar. Like no if answer, but so. Um, in March, I got very serious about it, and now that I, I think because I have the spiritual and emotional abstinence kind of, I mean, still always working on it, right, but I have a, a very much higher level of it now, um, the food was not so bad. I could trust more and say, okay, I'm not going to starve, I'm not going to die, I'm not going to fall down, because it's a professional telling me what to do, and I've been able, um, higher power has taken 40 pounds for me in, in the last year, which I'm, I'm very grateful for, extremely grateful for. Um, so I, my depression is much, much better. Um, you know, I'm off of medications. I went back to test my, uh, pre-di- my blood sugars. I'm no longer pre-diabetic. Um, fibromyalgia, um, I would be getting flare-ups a couple, probably once a week, yeah, flare-ups. And now I maybe might get one every six months or so which is just amazing these are the miracles of the program for me so all right so i wanted to talk about uh, step 11 today that that was what this uh this workshop was about and i also have um i was supposed to do this at the beginning but i'll give this to sharon now yeah. these are just before and after all right so step 11. So step 11, we saw through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Um, So prayer and meditation was, uh, my my spiritual life has been very um, sort of up and down. My mother was a church shopper, so we have been to sort of, I think, name a denomination, any denomination, and we have been there okay. and add, add that in um, that I come from a very multicultural background as well so my, my uh, grandparents my, my mother's mother and father they are Hindu so and I grew up with my grandparents a while and all the wonderful turmoil in my life and you know what sometimes in the turmoil there's blessing because I did get to live with my grandparents and learn more about them and our traditions and so we you know we got to participate in uh, Hindu festivals Uh, I remember one one year I just this memory came back um, my other grandmother actually we had cousins sort of down in the deep south I don't know what it is with different countries deep south they always have their sort of funny traditions and it was an Indian wedding and I was maybe 12 years old and they and nobody ever met me before, but they needed a virgin to do the uh, <laughs> to do some of the ceremonies, and I'm like, are there no other virgins in this village? So <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, and it was actually quite it, the idea is that the virgins have to rub the the bridegroom down with uh, saffron. And it's, you know, it's, you got all this yellow stuff on your hand. And it was the, I had to rub this man's chest and saffron. It was so weird back then, very creepy back then. But I can look back now and say well, that was actually a blessing that I got a chance to partake in, in, tra- in my ancestors and my family's uh, traditions. Um, so I didn't really have a clear idea of, yes, this is God and I know he does this and it, it's X, Y, Z. God was just all over the place for me. Um, and the way God was taught to me by church and by my parents was you have to do this, otherwise God will punish you. And I, I think it might have been some manipulation. They just wanted me to do what they wanted to do right and that, that's just human nature right that, that, I mean how, how many millennia have we have been people been doing that that they, they use God to get their own way They, they, they try to usurp God's power. So for me, it was very confusing. Um, I did go through the church and you know the the, the, you know the sort of the pressure to become a born again Christian and all that. So I did that and got baptized. But did I really feel it? No. There was still that emptiness and that that uh, that unhappiness inside of me. Um, And I think as it's my tradition, I, 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 I still I would say I'm a Christian. Um, but I do question. I'm 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 more looking for a greater spirit spirituality now, and I I am I'm trying to be more more open minded because I I feel too that even within maybe it's because of I went to so many different churches when I was young. How am I doing for time, Anne? Six
2: minutes.
1: All right. Okay. Now No, to no, oh, Okay. <laughs> she's right to hit me with the five. Um, that. Uh, who am am i like my like other people have been able to have a different opinion on this on on, let's say the bible or whatever or pick any other holy book there's so many shades of of versions of of these teachings that have been handing out to us and then who am i well i i am a person too and my opinion and my concept is just as valid as others and i think i'm i think i'm entitled to have my, my opinion on that um, so what, what, is, what is spiritual? how do I work on my spirituality and conscious contact with God? Um, every morning I, I get up, I rise, I, I close my eyes for a little bit and just try to connect with God, just feel God for a bit. I might do a meditation from YouTube. And I also just really, you know, it's really important to keep it simple. So I just have a notebook here, a dollar from Walmart. I mean, I was going to agonize, I need a journal with inspiration. No, just a dollar book from Walmart is fine and I, this is probably my third or fourth book that I'm on, and every day I write out three gratitudes. And it might be, if, if I'm like, I'm, I, don't, I get up and I don't want to go to work, I say, thank you, God, thank you, Higher Power, for my job. Even though I don't want to go to work, thank you, Higher Power, <laughs> for my job. And um, in the beginning, I also try to write out a prayer, and the prayer will begin, before it was a laundry list of things that I wanted. And it was, you know, not always selfish things. Not always to win the lottery, but you know, I wanted certain things for my children, or for my career, or for my husband. Oh, I forgot like to add that to my story. My husband and I are—we're are, together still. That wow. was kind of cool. Yeah, I remember of whatever happened to him, yeah, he's still there. He's like—he's—he's home. He's back home looking <laughs> after stuff for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I had, I had a laundry list of first, but lately my prayer is just very simple, and it comes from the, from the 12 and 12. It comes from OI. Dear Higher Power, give me knowledge of your will and the power to carry it out. <coughs> that is my simple prayer every morning, and it just covers everything because it's your will, not mine be done. Because I know what happens when I did my will, and it was not pretty. So God's will is, is what's more important. I also uh, read OA literature. I use the daily devotionals, Um, and uh, what else? Oh, I have other prayer books that that for. I mean, take what you like. Leave the rest. I use a prayer book from another another twelve step group. Um, What I have learned this year this this year is over the last couple years is that you don't know where, for me, I don't know where I can find God, so I always have my eyes open to where else I can find God and where I can find God uh, spiritually. And yesterday, actually, someone I don't know how, you know. It's, I, I know how, it's because of higher power. I have a necklace here, and somebody was admiring my necklace, and, she, and oh, it's so pretty, and I, I felt prompted to tell her the story, and I, afterwards I thought I will share the story again today. So this is a, a rose quartz uh, necklace, and a friend of mine at work, her name is Tina, she, uh, she made it for me, and it, it's a, it's, it's a, I think it's, the story about th- this is about love. And love. That's if we can show love among us, we are experiencing God's love. Um, So Tina was getting into um, Reiki, I think it is. Yeah, Reiki. And for me, that was kind of being a good Christian girl. I I don't know. And uh, but I loved. You know, Tina is such a good friend, um, and she wanted somebody to practice with. And I said, okay, Tina, you can practice for me. So we did this at lunch. We booked a boardroom, and (laughs) she practiced. She practiced for me. And she was, she was doing her hands, and she told me to close my eyes, and i you know of course I'm going to close my eyes. And when at some point, I felt there was something pressing very, very hard just on, on the top of my belly. And I peeked, and I saw her hands were there, but she wasn't touching me. And, I said, and afterwards, I said, Tina, I said, um, I said, I felt here like you were touching me, but I peeked, and you, you were not. And she goes, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I felt, you know, there was a lot of, it was very heavy there for you. I don't know, this is just so weird. Um, and she was explaining chakras and whatnot. And she says, I believe your your heart's love, uh, whatever it was, chakra is blocked and um, we'll work on that. And then the next week she came and she presented me with this necklace and she handmade this for me. And it has rose quartz, which to her, but she believes that has healing powers. And do I believe that the stone has the powers? But you know what? I believe in Tina's love and her kindness for me, and yeah, it's i, I know that I'm there worshiping the stone, but this for me, it's a symbol. Thank you, Anne, of, of the love. Um, and for me, I I for, for spirituality is about keeping an open mind and finding God's love everywhere. I think it's very important to me that God that we that we don't put a, a box around God or higher power, God yeah. uh, higher power and love. I really. I just realized that today God is love higher power is love and that's what keeps this program going that that's what brought me to these meeting rooms to begin with and that that's what's gonna keep me coming as long as I can have love and I can show love. that is my serv- service. is love as well um, and that actually this is how I did want to close off so I shall do that so I'm gonna read from the OA 12 and 12 here and um, always OAs have made prayer and meditation a regular part of their lives Oh sorry, OAs who have made prayer and meditation a regular part of their lives have found a resource for healing and strength which cannot fail. Sponsors, OA, friends, meetings, and literature are wonderful sources of help for us. We wouldn't want to be without any of these resources because we often find God speaks to us through them. From time to time, however, each of them will fail us in a moment of need. Right? They're human. Our higher power is the only source of help that is always available to us, always strong enough to lift us up and set our feet on the path of life. And what is amazing to me, higher power is always 100% available. And that is why we have to seek out conscious contact with him, her, it. Thank Thank you. Okay, N- Um, tell us where, okay, so will someone go through the timer? Where do I start? Right I, I don't right know where I, down, where yeah, I messed it. The workshop ends at 9. Okay, so this workshop will end at 9 a.m. We will now open the floor for three-minute pitches. The timer will signal when you have one minute left, and Anne is our timer here. If you'd like to share, come to the front of the room and form a line to the right. I think that way, I'll say that way. I don't know left from right. You must sign the release before you speak. Step up to the microphone and introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from and how long you've been in OA. We would like to remind OA members who are in other fellowships to speak only to your personal recovery in OA. And please stick to the topic of this meeting, and for those who arrive late, the topic of this workshop is uh, Step 11, Spirituality, and the meeting is now open for sharing. Okay,
0: so could the first person start sharing, and then you'll sign after, so we won't have Just someone start sharing. Okay. Start sharing and then sign after. And then the rest can sign. Okay. Thank
3: you so much. Hi, everybody. I'm Amy. Very grateful. Food addict, how are you? Very, very (laughs) grateful to be here. Thank you so much for your share. Um, I was compelled to get up and speak um, when you started talking about your rose quartz necklace, which, by the way, is absolutely beautiful. And my entry into spirituality has been very much about... Nature and the universe. Um, I think when I came to this program, I felt like God had been usurped by things that I felt It's the word not the the entity, but the word God held held a lot for me Um, and I knew that I believed in the higher power of the universe um, And I wanted to delve into that especially in my work here because I knew it was so important Um, and it was through crystals and the nature and the moon and I just my feeling is is that we are all stardust we are all organic material made of light and love from the earth and we return to the earth and when I think about does the chakra crystals that I wear around my neck have you know magic powers well I think we all vibrate at frequencies and the way that we're in tune to our higher power, like maybe this is something we can be in tune to too and it certainly can't hurt, which is the way that I feel. Um, And I have, there was a part at the beginning where I really, really had started to feel the presence of my higher power. And again, the, the connection to the crystals and the feeling about how we're stardust really encapsulated that for me. Um, And I wanted to carry them around and I don't often wear pockets not because I wouldn't because pockets are the best thing ever But um, just some of my clothes don't have pockets So I would put the crystals in the in my bra and I used to joke that my boobs were like so in tune with the universe Um, But close to my heart close to my heart Um, and I just I think that this program is one of the things that's so beautiful about this program, because I know that God and spirituality is a barrier to entry for some people. And what is so beautiful about this program, where it pertains to everything, but especially to spirituality, is that we can all walk this step in our own gate. And um, I just feel so grateful for the love and support of my understanding of my higher power without anybody encroaching on me or me encroaching on every, anybody else's um, piece and um, I feel so blessed and so grateful and overflowing with a gratitude that I did not know before I opened this piece of my heart. So I'm very, very grateful for all of you. Thank, Thank you so all. much Thanks for, for sharing.
4: Have a great weekend. Everybody get home safe. Hi, my name is
5: hmm? Hi, my name is Sandy, and I'm a Grateful Compulsive Overeater. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. Um, I grew up with a variety of Christian modalities, included a very distorted version of Christian science, which ended up with Daddy, I think I have a fever, and Daddy said, what did you do wrong? And I was like, no, I don't think that I went later looking, and I uncovered that it was the insertion of my father in the recipe that distorted that religion for me. but. When I started going to 12 step meetings, I knew my relationship with God, I had a punishing God. And one of the best things I ever heard early on was use love songs as ways of connecting to God, to and from God. And so we don't want to mention outside literature, so I won't get specific. But if you just turn on the radio and you hear a love song, you know, that's from God to you. And how one of the things I had to undo was the sense of brokenness, fatally broken. And um, in my God's eyes, I am complete. The next thing that came up in program an awful lot, um, you know, in the big book, it says, what is your ideal? This, of course, relates to sex, which is a different room in a different time. Um, but, but the question applies. What is my ideal higher power? And I have heard on the um, podcast from L.A. that they make vision collages, not of what their God looks like, but rather what their God provides for them. What does love look like? I mean, it could just be every kitten on the Internet, you know, and that would cover God for me. And finally, I just want to tell you that one of my deepest experiences of God was being at SeaWorld, of all places, with my family, and just being desperately tired after forcing every multimedia event into a day. And um, we ended up at the orca show, you know, the black and white whales. And these whales are can be seen from space. I mean, if you're really fanatical, you can find them on Google. They're just insanely obvious, because they have no predators, and they've evolved into these great contrasty beings. And this mom and this little baby flip up onto this piece of concrete. You know, they have like a concrete, And they go, for whatever reasons, I don't, I'm not in the orca's mind, but I just had this thought that God made those. I could never have made those. And I don't know what they're for. Like, I don't know if I, in the sandy world, I have to understand the purpose of everything. I am never going to understand the purpose of orca whales. I'm just not. And in that moment, I just got... God has a plan. I don't know what it is. I don't have to know what it is. But God has a plan.
4: So thank you. you. Hi, I'm Ruth, and I'm from New York, and I'm a food addict. And I am so happy to be here. And I, too, am from the class, OA class of 2012. So uh, I did a drive-by in OA uh, many decades ago, but I was too powerful and I couldn't stay. And uh, I was living in anxiety, depression in my office, and I took a huge bowl of those little wrapped crack, uh, to me, what to me is crack, where I couldn't stop eating it, and I was uh, very, very anxious and depressed, and for some reason, and now I know it could only be my higher power, I looked over at my office mate and I said, I am so out of control I think I need to go to overeaters anonymous and she looked at me and said I'll take you to a meeting I'm in program and if that is not a higher power moment and she's right there uh, uh, still along my side Um, and that was uh, 65 pounds ago that I have lost and not found thank you God so what's the difference Uh, for 55 years I I think I um, was always trying to get the control. I was always trying to make it about me and holding it and making it happen because I was powerful. And when I finally got to the point and I listened to... The universe and I heard my higher power. I realized I could never be in control of this. I had to just release it and give it over. And once I did that, um, all the miracles start to happen. I always was a uh, a child of of God. I I grew up in a uh, somewhat religious household. I uh, but for me, um, religion was about what you did in ritual and when you came into. Uh, a house of god and that's where god was now um i find my how, higher power is with me 24 hours a day it's very very different it's not about the practice and the ritual of how i was raised it's about connecting to the spirit of higher power which we all have and it has nothing to do with religion the i i you could practice religion or not you can still be spiritual and that is the gift of this program and I came in for the weight. I came in to lose the weight and to, what I thought, get control of my problem. And I got so much more because the spiritual piece of it makes all the difference. So if you haven't gotten it yet, hang out because it really is here for the taking. And really, the, the less you try to control it, the more you give it over, the more you get in return. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Darlene. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic. Hi, Darlene. I'm very grateful to be here. I'm from Massachusetts, and I want to thank everyone for being here, and thank you so much for your service, and it was great to hear you. And I'm so glad that I'm going to get the tapes so I can hear them again, and, and the ones I've missed, I want to hear those too. Because mm-hmm. I'm very hungry for recovery, because uh, I've been around program in and out, around, about, and back again since 1999, and um, I've come back again five years ago, And five years ago, my eating was really bad. But back in 99, it was tremendously bad. And then things got better after I came to program back then. And 18 months of abstinence in my head, I thought, was, I'm all set. I'm I'm done, you know. (laughs) Um, But then I came I've come back like three times uh, because I did a lot of research. But I'm so grateful that OA is big enough and filled with love enough to, to accept everyone and anyone wherever they are. And when the literature came out and was changed to abstinence is the action of refraining from compulsive eating and compuls- compulsive food behaviors, okay, I can come back. You know, that was, because that, I'm, when it comes to food, I'm not sober. I also go to another, I go to a beverage program as well. And um, I just have, tr- I, I used to cut myself. I don't do that, praise God. You know, I, I, you know, I've done so many things to hurt myself. And hurting myself with food was the last thing. Um, I haven't binged and purged since um, December uh, 31st of 2016 Mm -hmm. and what a miracle and a blessing Mm -hmm. that I can stand up and say that to you and it's because turning my will and my life over to the care of God the third step prayer that tells me because I have to push myself to do everything because I suffer from being a roller coaster and those highs and lows and mood problems that I suffer and uh, I go all over the place but This program is just such a miracle, and we're all sitting here being a miracle. And um, I want to end, about one minute, that um, I'm just going to keep coming. I'm going to keep asking my higher power. I was in a terrible car accident, and so God must have had a a reason for me to be here. I almost died on December 31st, which was my anniversary of my abstinence. It was like, oh my God. And as you said, um, tragedies can be wonderful things. So how could me being in a terrible car accident having spinal cord surgery, not being able to move my arms, and then going through the whole process of being in a nursing home and recovery and being loved by the program. How humble was people coming to the hospital, bring me food so that I'd be okay. And my family and my, my children, it was so humbling. And this program tells, allow people to love you mm-hmm. until you get it, until you get it. So I wish you all a wonderful day. I'm so grateful that I came. Uh, God must have wanted me here. And I'm so grateful, and I'm here here too. So thank you for your service.
6: Hi, my name is Reggie. I'm from New York, and I'm a grateful, compulsive overeater. And I'm glad I shed a tear. That means I opened my heart a little. Thank you. Uh, I am a yeshiva nine-year survivor, so to me, the only thing I knew about God was that when I had sex, he, the lightning bolt was going to come down and, you know, break the room, which didn't happen. But um, it, in spite of myself, I hated yeshiva for nine years, hated. And they, they told me, if you ride a horse, you lose your virginity, you know, just stuff like that. I don't know. But I I just, in spite of myself... I, I became a spiritual person because I learned to read, write, and speak Hebrew, and I didn't even want to, so <laughs> there must be something to that. Um, my spiritual connection is that when, when the ark is open, I say the third step prayer or the 11 step prayer, and I don't know which prayer. And I'm a dinosaur, I've been here 41 years, but I don't remember which prayer it is that it says, Give me strength as long as I could do good for others, as long as I could. And I think of that prayer because I, I, the service to others is pretty, not only in a way, you know, uh, but to do things for others or mailing clothes or bringing food to churches I volunteer at a church and I said Jewish people should volunteer at churches Mm -hmm. so I do because I think I I want to Um, I use God in like God please help me don't not to eat that and I just like walk away or um, when it's really bad I say God please help me. God I just say it over and over and over and over again. And then I like feel like a little bubble release. And I feel like, oh, you know, like when the plane is like on oh, um, I just there is I don't know if there isn't anything where else for me to go. So um it and when when I do tear up, I in, in and I pray for all the people that are sick. And all the people that are really sick, and all the people that are in our program, that and me, I just say, God, please help me. Um, I don't know if there are many other choices. I don't know. I'm I'm happy with this one. So thank you, and have a good, safe drive home. Thanks, buddy.
7: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And my name is Barbara, and I'm from Beverly, Massachusetts. Barbara. I'm uh, uh, going to be 80 in January. Been in this program for 34 years, and uh, I guess and I'm maintaining an 85-pound weight loss. So we get all the numbers out of the way first. Uh, you know, prayer and meditation, um, I've had... A few spiritual awakenings in this program i haven't always um, been perfect with um, this program but i've never left you know i'm here and i'm here for the duration and one of the things i wanted to say is in where i live in beverly um, one of our waters is the atlantic ocean Uh, i have a beautiful beach that i go to it happens to be called independence park that's where I go, that's my independence, you know. I go down I go down there and I meditate. I love meditating, it's a very important part of my life. And you know, I start with the serenity prayer and then I go into the third step prayer. And then I have a mantra. And because I live in the ocean, my mantra is sand, sea, sky, sun, and because my religion is Christian, sun. So it's S-U-N and S-O-N. So that is my, my uh-huh. mantra. I say it over and over and over again. And it really puts me in a really deep meditative mood to be able to spend time with my higher power who has really changed my life. Um, I, I wear a cross uh, that signifies what I believe in. And this cross was given to me by my maternal grandmother when I was 11 years old. So this cross is almost 70 years old. And uh, it has a very, very strong spiritual thing for me because I can touch it. And uh, any time, you know, during the day or whatever, I can touch it. And it sets me right back into that mode with my higher power. And I know we're running out of time, so I will close now and just say I hope you all have a safe journey home. And it was a pleasure to meet so many of you this weekend. Thank you.
0: thank everyone who attended this <coughs> workshop can we just circle around and say this to